Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our February hot-scented and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. February's theme is The Endearing Power of Love. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show this morning, my guest for today is Teresa Chong. Known as the Queen of Dreams, Teresa is a best-selling author, the science of consciousness promoter, TV and media modern spirituality expert, and the White Shores podcast host. She has been researching and writing about spirituality, dreams, and the paranormal for the past 25 years. Teresa has a degree from King's College, Cambridge University, in theology and English. She has dedicated her career to helping individuals decode the messages hidden within their dreams. Teresa's spiritual books have been translated into over 40 languages. She has numerous features published online and in leading newspapers and magazines. Listed by Watkins as one of the 100 most spiritual influential living people, Teresa works closely with scientists and neuroscientists researching consciousness. She is the media go-to for experts' opinion on dreams, intuition, the afterlife, and the paranormal. With extensive experience in the field, Teresa crafted a very comprehensive handbook, the Dream Dictionary from A to Z, as the definitive resource for dream interpretation. Dreams are universal phenomenon, offering a window into mysteries of the human psyche. Throughout history, cultures worldwide have sought to decipher the secret concealed within our dreams. Teresa's The Dream Dictionary from A to Z is our ultimate companion unraveling the symbolic tapestry of our dreams, enabling us to decode their profound meaning and gain valuable insights into our waking life and a deeper understanding of the messages our dreams convey and glimpses into the future. Teresa is also one of our featured expert contributors for our February Inspirations for Better Living magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her inspiring and empowering story, My Queen of Dreams Journey, in the notes from the fridge section. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Teresa and I will be talking about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her book to decipher the cryptic languages of our dreams and live our best lives. Happy Wednesday, Teresa, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me from the UK, and how are you doing today? I'm thrilled to be here with the king of inspiration, Johnny. Thank you. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I like that already. Okay, great. (laughs) It's it's a joy. Thank you so much. Um, I love talking about dream power and what lies beneath. Um, So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And I hope it inspires everyone listening to fall in love with the 
potential of their dreams for their personal growth. That's really wonderful. Well, I know this for sure. After looking at the book, reading the book, the Dream Dictionary from A to Z is beautifully crafted and written guidebook. It is incredibly informative and a definite page turner. So congratulations on his release. Yeah, it's quite hard with a dictionary format to make it a page turn, but I, I, really, I was really conscious of that, that I wanted actually people to be able to read it almost mm-hmm. like from the page. And some people have done because the book's been out a long, long time. It's actually coming up to 20 years. It's been reinvented in so many editions. We were mm-hmm. speaking about free chat. Um, but I was conscious when I wrote it that I wanted it to be kind of a journey through your dreams and, and the yeah. ways and interpret it for your personal growth. Yes, definitely. Well, let's get started by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Have you got like a day? <laughs> <laughs> we do have 60 minutes. <laughs> Especially when you get older, and a lot of people will, this will resonate. There's so much. You know, memories are, are such yes. treasures, aren't and we tend to go back with the benefit of hindsight and maybe write the story slightly differently to how we actually experienced it. But the long and short of it, I was born into an unusual family, uh, but all families are unusual, but I guess in its day, it was considered unusual as a traveling family of psychics and spiritualists here in the UK. I was home educated Mm -hmm. and somehow, I don't know how, um, I earned a place uh, at King's College, Cambridge University. Um, and that was mind-blowing for me because I was, as you say, I was brought up in a close-knit community where dream decoding, astrology, intuition, mediumship demonstrations were normal. The invisible mm. world considered to be as real as the waking world. And then I go to a, an academic hothouse like Cambridge, <laughs> utterly naive. <laughs> I'm wanting to engage my professors in the similar discussions about the meaning of dreams and swiftly learned that this was deemed unscientific and academic. So mm-hmm. I really had a deep learning curve there because I suddenly realized not everybody is tuned into their dreams or believes that there is an invisible realm that you can tap into and that every night you, you visit your soul, as it were. So it was it was a, it was it was tough, but I'm very glad I had that academic rigor because when I graduated from Cambridge, I, I learned to tone down my enthusiasm for spirituality and, and 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 the dream world. But when I left, I was unleashed and I was able to draw on my academic credentials to reach out to publishers. And over time, it didn't happen overnight, as any mm-hmm. author will know. Takes time. I think I had like 200 rejections because I was trying to talk about dreams and angels and spirit in a time where there wasn't that much interest. It's not like now where you know, although if you go on social media, it's everywhere and and people are much more able to talk about these things: intuition, dreams, the potential of an afterlife, and all that. All the because I've written many books, I write in many areas, but I eventually got to write the HarperCollins encyclopedias of the psychic world. And that was wonderful for me because they knew about my passion for for the metaphysical. Um, But prior to that, I was a ghostwriter. I was writing books for 
other people, but they did know about my passion for the metaphysical and all my proposals had been like, no, thank you. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice, but nobody's going to read that. You know, it, 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 it's nonsense, you know, all this talk. Yeah. But eventually I decided to do very heavy weight. This is in the early 2000s series of encyclopedias of the psychic world. And I was blessed to be given the opportunity to write four of them. The Encyclopedia of the Psychic World, which is an A to Z, the Encyclopedia of 20,000 Dreams, um, then there was an encyclopedia of vampires and then an encyclopedia of kind of the cosmic year birthdays. And these did really well. People really enjoyed the huge encyclopedia format. Um, and that kind of launched me really to being slowly but surely getting books in that weren't encyclopedias. Um, mm -hmm. However, the one we're talking about currently is actually in its first incarnation. It was the Element Encyclopedia of 20,000 Dreams, which was twice the size. It was like over 400 <laughs> and, and it was, that sold phenomenally well, but my publisher said we need to make it into paperback because it's, it was, it's literally yeah. like a Bible. I mean, and mm -hmm. actually there are very few editions out there now. And um, my, my phone blew up a couple of, um, a year or so ago when Bella Hadid, the supermodel, had mm -hmm. the first edition of it and posted it on her Instagram. And it was like, oh, I wish I had a copy of that. <laughs> She's got it. <laughs> <laughs> The A to Z Dream Dictionary that we're talking about today is a condensed version of that. And that was very hard for me because I had to literally mm -hmm. cut down the original book. But alongside that, I've written many, many other dream books now about how to recall your dreams, how to lucid dream, how to, you know, um, work with dreams in different ways. And alongside that, I've also written about the afterlife extensively, astrology, intuition, psychic abilities, mm -hmm. the paranormal. And, you know, in recent years, it's... It, it, interesting because um a few years ago i thought well i've written over 100 books I, i'm i'm kind of like that's it move on <laughs> then we had lockdown um which impacted everyone in so many mm -hmm. ways and suddenly because before that i'd been quite a quite I, I i love writing i hide behind my keyboard and i was a bit of an invisible writer and then suddenly during the lockdown people were having all these dreams it was called the lockdown dream phenomenon and then I don't know, the, the, the media producers, they must have had my dictionary there. And I suddenly found myself called up doing loads and loads of media. And what <laughs> happened? Was never say never. I thought it was all over. Well, it's not. Um, and I've never now been so busy. Um, it's like people are revisiting all these, um, the invisible energies in our lives and, and dream work, the inner world and the power of it to shape our outer world. Long answer. Sorry, Johnny. Thank you for listening. No, it's beautiful. I love it. Well, what's interesting, though, you're right, because there is a period of time where people are where right now, you know, that's kind of weird, right? Because if it's not one plus one equals two, it can't be real. The interesting thing about it in today's world, science is actually proving that you're correct. <laughs> yeah. About 10 years ago, I, I finally plucked up the courage to start reaching out to scientists, because mm -hmm. before that, my very much based on intuition, gut instinct, mm -hmm. and readers mm -hmm. send in their stories and experiences, and also my upbringing in a spiritualist family, all my knowledge from the academic study of religion. That's how I was able to write my books. But it, about 10 years ago, I wanted more. I wanted to look at what the science was saying about consciousness, about the dream world, about sixth sense, about channeling all these invisible the invisible world, basically, and mm -hmm. I, I was blown away, and that led to many c collaborations with scientists, some of them 
leading the world in the research of intuition. I wrote a book called The Premonition Code, for example, with Dr. Julia Mossbridge, who is the world's leading expert in presentiment, which is the ability of the body to somehow sense the future before it happens through increased mm. heart rate and, um, and through butterflies in the stomach, that kind of mm. thing. I collaborate um, uh, very much so with um, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, where you've got a team of scientists who are researching meditation, mind wandering. Um, and I love referencing their studies in my books, um, but it's not just them. Um, there are a growing number of visionary scientists who are now seeing that spirit, spirituality and science, they're actually connected. They're, they're, they're one. Um, and, you know, this illusion we have of separateness, it is an illusion. And it's a great joy now to bring in the science. Although I do find when I do talks that when I start mentioning the science, it, it kind of like people's eyes roll. <laughs> it's it's a matter I believe or I don't. And what I'm yeah. trying to do, I'm trying to do someone now who is talking. I love talking to skeptics. I love actually when I'm invited onto a podcast or a radio station and I've done BBC um, radio over here in the UK, mm -hmm. where someone really challenges me and comes from the opposite viewpoint. And I love that dialogue. Because um, basically, at the end of the day, they have their belief, I have mine. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they can say, well, dreams are random nonsense. I can say, well, no, there's plenty of research to suggest otherwise. But at the right. end of the day, they can't prove that dreams are not real. <laughs> either right. you know you can't right. prove they're real and you can't prove they're not so it does actually come down to your perspective and your belief at the end of the day but i, I do love the dialogue between non-believer believer skeptic um you know and passionate mm -hmm. advocate for this um, but dream, the reason i've gone so much for dreams because i write extensively in mind body and spirit and actually people would have first known me as someone who collected angel stories together and mm -hmm. afterlife and Experiences. The reason I, I have I've honed in on dreams is simply because I realize this is the door into the more mainstream because I won't be invited, say, for example, onto a BBC radio necessary to talk about angels. I don't think that would happen. But I will be invited on to talk about dreams right. because everybody dreams and everybody kind of wants to know what their dreams mean. And I've I've been in the privileged position here in the UK on ITV this morning to do national viewer call-ins where they open up the phone lines and people share their dreams with me and we try to decode them together live on air. That is incredible, but it's because dreaming somehow, people who are skeptical will somehow listen to you talk about dreams, but not necessarily the concept of an afterlife or angels or mm -hmm. channeling. Or, or tarot or astrology, but dreams, and I, I have learned when I do mainstream media to keep it very much to your dreams are your inner therapist. They're trying to symbolically comment on your waking life to help you and show you things that you might have missed, but you need to pay more attention to. And I found if I go that way, the doors open more rather than if I went full blown into, you know, when you, you know, you're going to meet your soul in your dreams and all that. If I started to do that, they, they, you know, I, I've learned to sort of tiptoe around it, but it's brilliant because I'm, I'm on a mission to mm -hmm. get everybody to call their dreams. And I can explain why that matters so much, if you like, and, and to interpret them, why that's so helpful.
Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Let's talk about when you got into this dream concept, right? Something must have triggered it. So when you were growing up as a child, did you dream quite a bit to really like, wait a minute now, is this is something that I need to go find out more, so to speak? I love that you've mentioned that, actually. Wonderful synchronicity as we're entering the year of the dragon, the Chinese year of the dragon. And my very mm-hmm. first memory, I must have been three or four, I literally, this dragon, and it was a friendly dragon, was in front of me. And it was so real that when I woke up, I half expected it to be there. Um, and I, I used to have many dreams like that. And I I, I loved, because in my family, when we went down in the morning, we were encouraged to share our dreams because, as I said, it was taken seriously. What you dreamt about had meaning, just as much meaning mm-hmm. as what you did today. And your, your, the state of your inner world, you know, where you go when you fall asleep, you know, you go somewhere in the dream state, that adventure land, what happens there was deemed as important um, for me as a, as a human being, a spiritual being, as what I was doing in my work or my day-to-day routine. And um, I was also encouraged if I had a really distressing dream that made me unhappy or feel anxious to re-enter that dream the following night and deal with whatever was scaring me. Uh, the thinking being that if you can deal with it in the dream state, what you're doing is you're shaping your unconscious and you're creating a shift. Because the problem in waking life when people try to work on their their beliefs about themselves like their beliefs that they can't do it you know that negative voice we always have you can mm-hmm. do affirmations and positive thinking you can apply all the things like with the secret um but if at unconscious level deep down you don't believe that you are worthy or you are enough or you can do it it's not going to happen because what you unconsciously believe about yourself tends to be sometimes what you attract. And that's why dream work is so powerful, because you get to see up close and personal every night what you truly believe about yourself and what you believe is possible for yourself. So I found that, you know, that's how I, I grew up. And that's how mm-hmm. I thought every every family did that. <laughs> that's real, fantastic. Real, real. Real, you know, as I said, um, a real wake-up call when I found out that's not the case. <laughs> but I want to make it the case. I think children would be a lot happier, teenagers especially, and I think all adults. I think everybody would be a lot happier if there was more discussions about dreams and people were given basic dream decoding tools because mm-hmm. they would understand themselves better. Um, and, you know, the inside-out approach rather than the outside-in approach, which tends to be what dominates in waking life. We try and fix ourselves from the outside in, but it's got mm-hmm. to start from the inside and dream work is the best and most perfect mm-hmm. place to start. You brought up something very important, though. I think this is really beautiful. I use the word kitchen table conversation, but if you think about it, we're in the generations that we have breakfast together, certainly if not breakfast, lunch, or dinner, right? At least one of those to where everybody is at the kitchen table having their meals. And like, what did you guys dream about last night? That's a perfect connection conversation. It does. And actually studies show, because there have been studies on this, that when people do dream share, it increases empathy. And goodness, don't we need more empathy in the world? It also gets you more interested in your own personal development when you start Precisely. sharing your dreams. 
because dreams are really interesting and actually talking to your about your dream to someone getting that person to try and help you decode it as long as it's positive that's another that's one of my rule of thumbs and i stress mm-hmm. that in all my books dreams are messages from your deep your higher self sometimes they come in a very shadowy form but it's always for your personal growth so if a dream interpretation drains or diminishes you or someone else says, oh, you dreamt of, of, of falling, therefore someone you know is going to die, you know, these dreadful things we right. read online about dreaming. If any interpretation you stumble across in your waking life drains or diminishes or alarms you, it is the incorrect interpretation. A dream to correctly decoded will always, first of all, surprise you because it will tell you something new about yourself. And second... It will be something that raises your vibration. It will lift you up and it will encourage you to take action, do something positive with your precious life rather than to be stuck in a state of stasis where you're undecided. So those are the rules of thumbs. And if, if you if you are interpreting your dreams and you're not getting to that state, just dream again. Another dream decoding tip for your listeners is don't get hung up on one dream. Dreams work like a series like a Netflix series that you have to tune in to the next episode. <laughs> Every night you're, you're tuning in to the symbolic unconscious story of you. And that is infinite. It runs and runs and runs. So don't get, if you can't understand one dream, go to sleep at night and ask your dreaming mind, give me a bit more clarity. If you talk to your dreaming mind before you go to sleep, it will answer. It really will. People don't trust or believe that it will, but it will. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Are nightmares dreams? Oh, absolutely. They're just extreme <laughs> dreams. I'll tell you why. Nightmares are, bit, are really your dreaming mind has got a bit upset with you. Um, and it's doing everything it can to get your attention. Because what happened, it's probably been sending you, well, every night your dreaming mind speaks to you in about five or six different dreams. You just don't recall them. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're persistently not recalling your dreams or you're having dreams and you're waking up and they only linger on your mind for a few moments and then you get on with your day, your dreaming mind after a while is going to get angry. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's angry. I'm not saying it does it for the right reason, but it wants to shock you into waking it because the beauty of nightmares is you are not going to forget them when you wake up. You are going to have them on your mind. You're probably going to write them down or talk to someone about them. You're going to think about them. And that is what your dreams want. They want you to reflect on their meaning. And if you're not doing that, expect your dreams to sort of get more anxiety-filled, more nightmarish. Until you get the memo from your inner world, you need to reflect on who you are from the inside out. I am sending you dreams all the time to help you become more self-aware. Why aren't you listening to your own inner wisdom? Why are you getting your wisdom from all these other people who don't know you as well as I do? I know you inside out, quite literally. That's very interesting. That's very, very true. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to me, the problem with the dream, I guess, that I have is like then it just sort of dissipates right <laughs> yeah. you don't recall it poor dream recall has happened because we live in a world where the material is so emphasized and from mm-hmm. childhood many of us are taught that what is invisible 
our dreams, our hunches, our irrational right. nonsense that need to be squashed. So we have a lot of conditioning to overcome. And that's why dream recall is becoming an increasing problem. Poor dream recall is an increasing problem. And it's mm. often a sign material, the logical, the busy to-dos of our waking life. You know, they are important. We're here on this earth to, to experience and to do, but not to the extent that we neglect our own inner world and what's going on there. Because without that inner world on our side, giving us the why, the meaning mm-hmm. and the purpose, we will feel empty because, you know, we will just be going about our life being maybe phenomenal as success may come our way. But unless that inner world is fulfilled, and being tended to, it doesn't mean a thing. And we see that with celebrities, high-profile people who have everything everyone could dream about, and yet they're terribly, terribly unhappy. And we we follow them on social media and see, and it's because of the lack of an inner world, an inner Mm -hmm. strength. And again, to go to dream work, it's the first step to getting a sense of yourself independent of all the externals that you do so that if these externals collapse like a relationship breaks down uh, you know a a career is taken away you're made redundant poor health or you lose god forbid you lose someone you love Mm -hmm. these life crises if you haven't built up a strong inner world that's full of creativity resilience and self-love and self-awareness you will flounder There is not enough emphasis in our society on building that inner world so that we can survive the strings and arrows of outrageous fortune. And anyone who's read Viktor Frankl's um, Man's Search for Meaning will know what I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really what I'm talking about here. It's about cultivating that inner world, that inner strength, knowing that whatever you experience, it's for your learning and growth. And you have a unique contribution to give it to the world. However, if you haven't worked on that, you will struggle because life can be very unfair and cruel and unkind. I, I don't I wish it wasn't, but it is. But it's probably like that for our to, to find out who we are, because, you know, you only really find out who you are when when the chips are down, don't you? When right. when right. things are going wrong, all our personal growth is found outside our comfort zone and it's then that we really have to look within to find the inner strength to cope and I know throughout my life that when difficult things have happened my ability to cope with it and move forward is very much dependent on what the relationship with myself is and if I have an identity independent of the Mm -hmm. external world it's, right. You know, I always think of that, that, you know, if you've watched the movie Braveheart, you may take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. This is what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Dreams connect your inner freedom, the part of you that nobody can control, but you, that nobody can take away. Nobody. It's there for you night after night after night. And night after night, it is giving you precious wisdom to try and help you grow stronger, learn more, and and have what we all want, a fulfilling life, so that at the end of the day, when our time comes to leave this world, we have no regrets. So true. Does everyone dream? 
Yes, everyone. Everyone reads. We're just not reporting. We're just not reporting. Brain scans show that we do, that, yeah. you know, that the, the brain associated with dreaming, which, of course, is the part of the brain associated with our creativity, with our empathy, with our compassion, um, is, 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 is active. And it's suggested that we dream at least five or six times a night. Um, but as I said, we've all got into the habit because we mm-hmm. are creatures of habit. What we repeatedly do. Because if you repeatedly ignore your dreams on waking um, and go about your day without a second thought, it's going to be very hard for your dreams because your dreams are subtle and gentle. They speak a different language to the waking world. This is a nocturnal world, and what reigns supreme there is your unconscious wisdom, and that is subtle and gentle um, and deep. And it doesn't stand a chance when you wake up and you allow logic, reason, the material world to do to immediately swoop in. Your ego will squash the the mysterious butterflies from your dreaming world that are trying to talk to you. Um, and that's why during the day it is so important also that people take a few minutes each day to, you know, to take some time out to walk in nature, to to reflect, to meditate for a few minutes. This advice is age old for a reason. It's not a waste of time. It is. It, 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 your life could depend on it, quite literally, when you are finding yourself in a life crisis. You need to prepare for that because life will throw these curveballs at us where we are challenged to grow. And if we haven't been paying attention to building ourselves, making ourselves strong from the inside out, our chances look slim. That's true. Very, very true. Well, Teresa, please give us a synopsis of the beautifully written and well-crafted Dream Dictionary book. Oh, thank you. That's so very, very kind of you. Um, as I said, I've written so many books. Um, I, I kind of... <laughs> but this one, I guess, is the one that I'm going to be most well-known for. Um, it's the Dream Dictionary A to Z, and there is an introduction where I give you a brief history of dream interpretation from ancient times to modern times, where modern science is at with the reason for sleep and dreams because I guess what science doesn't really know why we sleep or because we're very active when we sleep it's not to rest our brains are working our bodies are fidgeting um so why why do we sleep we're not actually resting um so that but that's another book sleep but they, but <laughs> they also don't know why we dream what is the point People say, well, it's the brain just making random connections. Well, tell that to Einstein, who dreamt up the theory of relativity. Random connections? I think not. Tell that to people who, you know, like Stephen King, whose novels have been inspired by a dream, or or someone who's had a dream which urged them to contact someone they haven't thought about for a while, and doing that could well have changed that person's life. I get stories like that all the time. The dreaming mind is ultimate mystery and science doesn't really know what is going on but one thing that science is is agreeing on now thank goodness because this wasn't the case when i wrote the book 25 years ago is that dream recall dream work is a sign of um an active brain it's actually very good for your holistic well-being and actually getting into the routine, even if you don't understand what your dreams mean, of just in the morning spending a few minutes and trying to mull over those symbols and those stories, those wild adventures, is actually very good for your brain health. 
so, so think on that, you know, um, you know, for your well-being, it's actually very good. It is a sign of a brain on fire with creativity. Um, and um, if you're not, I don't want you to panic if you're not dream recalling. That happens to us all the time. And it's not your fault. It's just that you've got into the habit of not recalling. But I'm hoping listening to this interview, because your attention is focused. Oh, my goodness. Did I have a dream? Did I? What your attention mm -hmm. is on during the day will show up in your dreams at night because dreams comment on what's going on in your day. The two are interconnected. Dreams comment on your life and your life comments on your dreams. It's this, it's, you, are, you are awake 24-7. You don't realize that you just go into a different state of consciousness in the dreaming state. So after the interview, I'm just talking about the science because I'm passionate about that and where science is at. And then I talk about the different types of dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, there's sort of It's very hard to categorize the dreaming mind. It's like trying to categorize the ocean. It's infinite. You can never control it. You can learn to sail and navigate the, the, the ocean, and you can also have lots of encyclopedias about it, but those encyclopedias will not touch the depths where we have no idea what's, what's down there. The same with space. Your dreaming mind is as infinite as the ocean and space. You think of it like that. But what I've tried to do is to give a few pointers so that you can get, you know, you can start interpreting them. And then I literally, I jump into an A to Z of what dream research suggests are the most likely dreams you're going to dream about. And throughout time, there have been certain dreams that are remarkably common, the old tooth falling out, the old cheating dreams, being back at school, <laughs> off-life dreams, um, being chased, being late. Who hasn't dreamt that they're at an airport and they've missed their flight or their train? Who hasn't been in a car as a passenger and then the car goes out of control? These are who are flying, falling. And, and you, you will love this, Johnny, but there's actually um, a dream chart. Every year they do a chart of the top 100 dreams. You know, they do a survey. Huh. So what are you thinking about? Yeah. And, um, flying and falling is, is in the top three, along with teeth falling out and snakes. Snakes <laughs> seem to be very important. A lot of people dream about snakes. And my goodness, the spiritual symbolism there. Because again, another dream decoding tip, because I give that in the beginning of the book, please approach your dreams, not literally. Having said that, dreams love to surprise. There are very, very rare dreams that can be literal, but in the overwhelming majority of cases, they speak to you like an artist or a poet. They are writing a poem for you about your mindset, or they're painting a picture about your mindset. Your job is to be your own dream detective and, and to be like a literary critic. So think of your dream. If you have a dream, think of it as if it was a poem, how would you interpret that poem? Because we all know when we read poetry, that what the poet writes, there's a sort of a literal interpretation, which is quite bland, but it's all the hidden meanings that you unpicked. Why did they use the symbol of a bicycle here? You know, why did the camera appear in this line? You know, because it wanted to draw the um, the reader's mind to the reflection or the bicycle, you know, pedaling on your own efforts. So you've got to start thinking symbolically. You interpret your dreams as symbols and you are dreaming about your current mindset and what, if you continue with that mindset in your waking life, it will attract into your waking life. Your dreams are potentially precognitive in this way because they show you if you keep thinking, feeling and doing what you're doing right now, I'm going to give you a symbolic glimpse of a near future, a potential future. And if you don't like what you see, 
change it. Change your perspective in waking life. Change what you're doing. Mix things up. And then I'll give you another dream to comment on that. And it's an endless dialogue between you and your dreaming mind. And each time it's trying to refine and shape and help and heal you. I do think dreams are extremely healing. So that's the A to Z. And then at the end, I do some dreams you shouldn't ignore. And, and basically, I, I, I had to pick 10, but basically, I don't think you should ignore any dream journey. In me, every single dream, however trivial or mundane, is a message from your deep. Treasure it. Fantastic. That's really wonderful. Do people dream differently across the world? Yes. And actually, um, if, you, if you type in Google, actually, I think uh, something like, most common dreams in every country. Mm -hmm. I think you can find out the surveys, and it tends to be trouble. So, it, I, as I work with scientists, um, a lot of these surveys are done by bedding companies um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and mattress companies. Uh, I don't think that you know that science is actually. They're not that interested in that. They're more interested in the whys of dreaming, <laughs> the dreams. Right. But I, I can tell you, like you know, as I said, I mentioned snakes from from Australia to to Zimbabwe, snakes mm -hmm. appear in people's dreams. And I love this because snakes are about shedding old skin, which I think the biggest roadblock for most of us in our lives is a mindset that worked in the past and we're trying to apply that same mindset to a current situation. But our circumstances have changed and we need a new mindset. And when a snake appears in your dream, it's a powerful uh, symbol urging you towards transformation. You need to let go of what no longer serves you. It could also be warning you about something undercover that maybe you've said or done or that people in your life, you know, that you've got the symbolism of the snake. Now, the snake mm -hmm. can be deception and deceit, can't it? But it can also, in some cultures, be a symbol of healing, with you know, the medical symbol um, and, and spirituality. So across the world, snakes, teeth falling out across the world is very common as well. And that's concerned with communication in the animal world when animals bear their teeth. So look at the symbolism of teeth falling out. Think of all the symbolism with teeth. In what area of your life are you toothless, perhaps not being assertive enough? Or it could be concerned with appearance. Um, because when, you know, you know, it's not that attractive when you lose your teeth. So maybe you're concerned um, but, you know, often, as I say, what, what, what's dominant in your culture, for example, in Iceland, lots of people dream about snow, surprise, surprise, mm -hmm. because the dream falls on what it, it takes material from your waking life. In Greece, it's hats, <laughs> Ethiopia, shoes, Albania um, is the mm -hmm. human body. Um, it's it, it, absolutely fascinating. Cheating dreams in Andorra are very strong. Um, but there are universal dreams. You know, having your hair cut um, is, is, is a very common dream worldwide. Um, look at the symbolism of hair. It's about vitality. It's about identity. So the dream is pointing to you maybe that you need to, to, uh, um, to think about how others perceive you, you know, which is a worldwide concern. Money dreams are very common. Marriage dreams, cheating dreams. Um, but yes, I mean you can you can have a lot of fun um, looking at, at at countries around the world and what 
the most likely dream. But remember, these are very small samples. And also, people are unlikely to, to, to write in and say, well, I had a dream. I was at the office and I was at my desk. It's not that exciting. So people sort of send <laughs> in dreams that are more erotic or, or, or out there. So I'm, I'm very wary of these, of these surveys. But what I do know is that there are several hundred very common dream scenarios that we tend to have at key stages in our life. And they appear for a reason. I mean, one of the most common that people write to me about, I was back at school and I couldn't get into my locker. Oh, my goodness, look at the symbolism of that. What have mm. you left behind? What dream have you left behind in your childhood that you feel you can't, you can't get reconnect with? You see the symbolism? If you were interpreting yeah. it symbolically, that's what it's trying to say. It's saying reconnect with something that you've... you've, you've you've left behind in your childhood, but you need to get back. It could be a sense of adventure or curiosity or passion. Also, if everybody else is getting into the locker in the dream, look at what else is going. Do you feel that you're, you're, you're not keeping up with the Joneses, that you're not living up to expectations of others? Are you putting mm -hmm. too much pressure on yourself? You know, the goal of therapy and counseling, the therapy or the counselor will say, well, how does that make you feel? What do you think? That's what your dreaming mind's doing. It says, well, what do you think? Not being able to get in your locker at school. How does that make you feel? And if you start having that dialogue, sooner or later, you're going to understand what your dreaming mind's going to tell you. You are being your own therapist in a way. Dreams are your inner therapist. Very, very interesting. That really is. There are moments in time I recall where when I started doing my keynote speaking, right? And this was years ago. And I remembered dreaming being backstage and then being introduced to the the spotlight on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that gave me the courage to do what I do. I love it because your unconscious had already taken you there. Yeah. And and yeah. if your unconscious believes something, so your unconscious was able to create this scenario because it believed it was possible. If it mm -hmm. couldn't create the scenario, you still have to work on that self-belief. It believed it's possible. And when you believe something's possible because you've seen it, you've lived it in a dream, you really can do it. It's not a cliche. You can dream it. Your chances of doing it increase dramatically. I love that. But also, if you do dream, for example, if you, you'd taken the spotlight and you'd forgotten your lines and you didn't know why you were there, mm -hmm. these panic imp imposter syndrome dreams are very helpful as well. Because a classic self-help technique is always, say, if you have a big presentation coming up, imagine the worst case scenario. And if you can survive that, you can survive anything. So your dreaming mind is being very kind. It's doing it for you in the dream state where you're utterly humiliated and everything goes wrong. So you don't have to do it. You kick life. It, you've been to the worst and you've woken up the next morning to live another day, right? You've mm -hmm. been to the worst. No, you don't need to do that. It, mm -hmm. it, you know, so don't worry if you have these imposter syndrome, syndrome dreams. In fact, I don't know any successful person that doesn't because in their waking life, <laughs> they tend to not allow themselves to fail. But the dreaming mind in its infinite wisdom knows that failure is more important for your personal growth and success. We don't learn from our successes. Mm -hmm. You know, I've mm -hmm. actually put people to go out there and fail and fail and fail again because that means you're learning and growing. You're right. putting yourself out. As long as you don't repeat the same, I mean, that's stupidity, isn't it? Repeat the same mistake right. over and again. Right. As long as you fail in a different way, fail upwards. That's what that's. That's what I mean. <laughs> if you're the kind of person who's perfectionist and won't allow yourself to fail, 
you're right. probably going to get these dreams giving you disaster scenarios just to give you that ex- your unconscious that learning it needs. Right. Again, your mind right. is trying to help you learn and grow because I I think the meaning of our life is to learn and grow. It is, and that fascinating aspects of what I dreamt about that was this is sharing some information which is interesting because there are people that speaks that remembered word for word thirty five thousand words, right? Okay, so he's almost like reading a script, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah. my god, am I going to be able to remember everything? And what I found out is me, myself, and I, basically, kind of thing, right? So you realize that you are the message. So go out there, remember bullet points, and then tell your story. That's the uniqueness of me, and that's what sells me. That's empowering itself because it is the original me. I have always been in leadership roles, but I've always been in the back of the curtain. I'm the director, not the star actor, so to speak, right? Because I like people to get the limelight. But then guess what? When it's showtime, when the spotlight's on me, I can hang. I get the job done. Of course you can. Of course you can. You're doing it brilliantly. The thing is, though, your dreaming mind was way ahead of you there. Your dreaming mind knew more than you already sensed your future and knew it and was just giving you a, a... uh, a premonition, a, a flash forward of what you, where you need to be pushing you. Because also, I mean, the emotions in that dream, you probably woke up feeling quite pleased with yourself. And, yeah. and that's another, yeah. how you, how the emotion that you wake up with from a dream is, is, is vital to its interpretation. Because to refer again, our response to art or poetry, it's the emotional response that, you know, there's a reason why some great works of art or literature stand the test of time. It's because they trigger something within us. So pay attention to what that dream has triggered um, rather than all the fussy symbols sometimes, that emotion. Um, and as I say, if it makes you feel unpleasant or disappointed or anything like that, that is a warning that you need to shift your current mindset in some way. Very interesting. What are lucid dreams and can anyone have it? Yeah, children tend to be more prone to lucid dreams because, and i tell you why, because they're more better able to suspend disbelief. They don't Mm. allow logic and reason and conditioning to interfere with their creativity and their intuition. So lucid dreaming is when you're in a dream and something unusual happens, typically you fly without wings or something, and you suddenly realize, I can't do this in waking life. I must be dreaming. Oh, look, yes, I am. Problem is, most of us, when that happens, we get so excited, we wake ourselves up and the dream collapses. But if you are able to stay calm and stay within your dream, you have a mighty personal growth tool there because you can start influencing your unconscious, interacting with it and setting in place what you want to believe and what you want to happen. See it happening in your unconscious state, therefore increasing the likelihood of it happening in waking life. Um, Everyone can learn to lucid dream. Um, It requires quite a lot of discipline, though, and um, sometimes the techniques interfere with your sleep schedule, and I'm not a fan of that because we need sleep. Sleep is important for our physical well-being as well as our mental well-being, so I'm not really a fan of lucid dreaming techniques, which is to basically the technique is you go to bed at your normal time, set the alarm in for five hours, wake up, potter around for 10 minutes, and then go back to sleep. 
because you increase your chances of becoming lucid in the latter part of the sleep stage because you have more REM sleep. That is a technique, but I wouldn't recommend it, especially if you're driving or operating machinery. What I do recommend is the more you start writing down your dreams on waking, reflecting on them later in the day, heeding their messages for your personal growth, the more you do that, the more you fall in love with your dreams, the more likely you are to have a spontaneous lucid dream. Um, so do dream decoding first, um, because that will increase your likelihood over time of having more lucid dreams. But even then, you, you know, I know a few people who lucid dream, say, once a week or once a month. That's pretty rare. Um, and they are people deep into their dream work. One of them runs lucid dreaming retreats, so what do you expect? Uh, but, mm. you know, uh, for us, it's just not feasible um, unless you want to go to a monastery somewhere and, and devote <laughs> your life. And there's a reason why it, it happens in monasteries, because, you know, spiritual growth and well-being is their ultimate, you know, that's what they devote their, they've devoted their, right. their and they know the power of the dream state. Um, more, you know, that's that's what happens in monasteries and in Tibet and whatever. Um, a lot of lucid dreaming and working deep, deep in the dream state to find out who you are from the inside out. And what happens actually when people start doing that, they actually find that so fascinating. In some respects, sometimes the outside world becomes less appealing because the outside world feels like the dream and the illusion, and the reality is the dream. Now, that that's very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much adventure going on in the inner space that the outer space feels like the, the illusion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have right. Because I talk about dreams so much that, you know, that I don't, you know, I get so excited when I wake up with, with, with dreams. I get more excited about waking up with dreams on my mind than I, with my next book contract. It, it started <laughs> to happen with that. But it's quite, it's kind of fun in a way, I you know, because maybe because I'm getting older as well um, <laughs> to, to get that. Get, <laughs> lucid dreaming is the holy grail of dreaming, basically. It's 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 ad, for advanced dreamers only. But please don't get obsessed with it because you can get just as much transformative value from. I hate to say ordinary dreams because no dream is ordinary. They're all extraordinary. Right. But, you know, you, waking up with a dream on your mind is just as powerful work on those and the more you work on those the more likely you are to have a spontaneous lucid dream that's the way forward fantastic how do we boost dream recall because there are a lot of us like somehow it just sort of fade away kind of thing right we knew we dreamed something exciting and whatnot and then it's like oh okay well that's it it's over <laughs> we boost dream recall in many ways first of all by paying more attention to our dream um, during the day and thinking about the possibility of dreams because remember I said we spend all our lives not taking dreams seriously so mm -hmm. like anything in, don't take it seriously or pay attention to it it's going to dwindle I mean think of dreams like that poor friend who's maybe been texting for you for years and you've constantly ghosted them after a while that friend is going to give up um, so you know you've got to give your dreaming mind a bit of confidence that you're willing to listen and take it seriously so do things in the day that are going to trigger dreams. You know, I, I think reading fiction 
novels is a great way because when you read a novel, you're actually practicing being in, in an alternative reality, which is the dream state. Read, read half an hour of a fiction novel before you go to bed and see what it does to your dreams. It's brilliant stuff. So do more of that. Also, during the day, not before you go to bed, a, a spot of video gaming. A lot of research has shown that video gamers are, have more likelihood of lucid dreams. They have a very, very vivid dream life, but as long as it's done in, in moderation. So those are things you can do during the day. Before you go to bed at night, put a pen and paper beside your bed, because that's a visual cue that when you wake up, you're going to write down what your dreams are. You're sort of programming your mind. And then just before you go to sleep, in that impressionable twilight zone between waking and sleep, where the brain is so susceptible to what you tell it, say, I'm going to have dreams and I'm going to recall them on waking. Tell yourself that. Then when you wake up, please keep still for at least a minute. Most of us, when we wake up, we're instantly fidgeting, stretching or whatever. But could you just stay still for about 60 to 90 seconds, preferably mirroring the position that you woke up in? Because that will keep you almost like cocooned in the dream state. Try not to open your eyes. Don't blink because even blinking redirects your mind to reality. And just see then what, what bubbles to the surface, right? If nothing bubbles to the surface, focus on your feelings, because the chances are those feelings will have been triggered by memories of a dream. Then when memories bubble through or words, however random, just write down key words. Don't, don't try and write a novel, just some key words. That's enough to get going. For example, if you dreamt of a rat, or you dreamt of a tree, or you dreamt of a, of, of a colleague at work. Just write those three down, stick to three, and then forget it. Later in the day, do some dream decoding. These will really help you start getting into the habit again of dream recall. And if you do this consistently over a period of a couple of weeks, your dream recall will come back, because it's like an old friend. It's been desperate to get to know you again. Trust your dreams. They will come back, because they want to come back. Um, the dream vitamin also, if you want to go practical, is vitamin B6. Um, so make sure you've got enough vitamin B in your diet. Um, there has been some tentative studies to suggest that poor dream recall can be looked due to a lack of, uh, of, of B vitamins. Also, your alarm clock. Make sure it's not a sudden jolting alarm that shocks you into waking reality and obliterates your dreams. Make sure it's a nature sound or better still for your dream recall, wake up naturally. That's the best way for dream recall is to wake naturally rather than with an alarm. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, these are things that we take for granted, no doubt about it, right? Because we just don't think about it because that's part of how we live. And so now when we focus on it, then we're on a mission. <laughs> yes. So yes. that's really wonderful, yes. really, really wonderful. <laughs> you had mentioned something about dreams that we should not ignore. So can you share some of those dreams that we should never ignore? Well, as I've already said, I don't think you should ignore any dream. And I, I mm -hmm. hope that people will never do that. But one of the, I'll just run through a few that you shouldn't yeah. really ignore. But they are red flags. Your dreaming mind is, 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 is using these scenarios. And, and surprise, surprise, they tend to be nightmarish themed. And one of those <laughs> is being, being chased. And often you have no idea what is chasing you. So you've got to think, what are you not facing in your waking life? You know, learning and growing is about facing your fears. 
not, you know, and you've got to understand your fears better. So if I was working with someone, I would encourage them to re-enter the dream and find out what was chasing them and to try and enter into a dialogue with that. Another dream is out of control vehicle. Now, vehicles in dreams are a symbol. If you look at, interpret them symbolically of your direction in life. So if the, if the vehicle's out of control, look at the symbolism there. You're heading off course. Also pay attention. Are you the driver of that car? Or are you a passenger? If you're a passenger, why are you a passenger in your own life? What or who is driving, is dri setting the direction of your life right now? Of course, um, being lost or trapped, these are very common dreams where you feel a bit desperate um, and you feel confusion or conflict. Again, you've got to understand why. Your house on fire. Jung, the godfather of dream interpretation, the house in dreams is a symbol of the, the, the self. So, you know, if the house is on fire, really you have to look to to what's going on in your dreams, um, you know, your waking life to make you feel that your identity is so vulnerable and at risk. But bear in mind the symbolism of fire. Fire also brings warmth and creativity. So can you transform this hectic, destructive phase into your life, into something meaningful? Um, being naked in public, very common. You're feeling vulnerable. You're feeling exposed. Um, you, perhaps you're feeling that you haven't been honest enough with the people in your waking life and you really need to be. Um, uh, falling dreams, uh, the symbolism there, you're feeling unsupported, you know. Um, I hope this has helped. I mean, these are sort of key ones that you shouldn't ignore and they are classic ones. Um, but as I said, please don't ignore any dream people listening wonderful dreamers listening i'm going to call you dreaming beings now not human beings that's what i want you to think you think of. let's flip the script you are dreaming beings having a human experience that's how we're going to go <laughs> beautiful i love that i really love that do you have any advice on the best way to utilize the dream dictionary from a to z put it by your bed at night it's a wonderful visual cue um and before you go to bed maybe read a few uh, symbols and dreams you've had in the past, because that's the beauty of a dream journal. You can go mm -hmm. back. That's a big neglected step with dream work. People always focus on the dreams that current. Go back a week or so. Revisit that past dream and see, was it foreshadowing something that's happening now? Is there more that you can dig out of it? Again, to reference Jung, um, I'm very, my, my dream dictionary is very um, influenced by his school of, uh, of dream work. You can constantly go on with a dream. It will constantly yield more and more interpretations. You can never stop, really. A dream symbol will yield more and more. The more Every time you revisit it, you'll revisit it with a new perspective. Again, it's the same like a great work of art. If you look at a great work of art like the Mona Lisa, every time you look at it, people see different things. They never go tired of it. A great work of literature is the same thing. You can reread a book you love. You know, I have friends who reread Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen, over and over again. <laughs> and each time they reread it, they get something else out of it. And I'm telling you, in your dreams, you've written Pride and Prejudice in your own way. You've created the Mona Lisa, but for you. And revisiting your dreams will yield 
more and more interpretations and more depth every time you go back. So don't neglect that forgotten step of dream work, which is going back and revisiting. Wonderful. Where can someone go to buy your book, this book especially, get more information about your podcast, White Shores, and keep up with your latest happenings? Oh, thank you so much. Um, that's very generous of you. Um, I have a website, www.theresachung.com. I'm on Instagram at theteresachung.com. I also have an author page on Facebook and X. But literally, if you type me in, in on Amazon, you can find I mean, I'm a very prolific author. So uh, this comes with a warning. I'm not a serial killer. I'm a serial author. <laughs> you can find in the States in Barnes & Noble, Costco, hopefully most bookstores. Obviously, I'm based here in the UK, so I, I'm, I'm not sure where it is. But, you know, I know that it's, it's, it's been doing very well out there in, in the States, and I couldn't feel more blessed and honored. I want everybody to fall in love with their dreams, because when they fall in love with their dreams, guess what? You're falling in love with yourself. And that's when all the magic starts to happen. I love that. What is next for you? Next, well, I've got three titles coming out this year. I told you I was a serial author. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, and, and, and two the following year. I'm, I'm, I've always got a book on the go. I feel a bit bereft when I haven't. And, and I do my weekly podcast, White Shores. Oh, that's another way if you want to find out about me. Um, I do a weekly podcast, very low-key where for half an hour I chat to leading scientists researching dreams and consciousness, um, uh, afterlife stories, um, uh, dream work, um, people with fascinating stories. I do that every Sunday. It comes out, and it's ticking along nicely. I did it since 2019, and but I started with interviewing the scientists I was, I was working with who were doing actual studies on dream work and meditation and the benefits for our well-being, and it's evolved from that. So now talking to authors, practitioners, practitioners, authentic souls. Um, so yeah, that, that's so. So that that's every week. I, I I work on my podcast as well. It's a labor of love. I just do it because I want to put something free out there because I'm very aware that my books, you know, they cost, and we live in difficult times. Fantastic. As we are closing the hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Well, just as dreams love to surprise, the recipe for living I'm going to give, you're probably saying, oh, you know, recall your dreams. Yes, do all that. But you need to balance it with action. Do something positive as well. Uh, the the joy of dream work is when you, you've interpreted a dream and it encourages you to make things happen in your life and do something positive for yourself and others. Don't get too trapped in your head. As I said, this is a probably surprising advice given the content of our interview, but it is so important. Balance is key. You know, just as I think the balance has swung too far towards doing and the external, you don't want to swing it too much the other way that you're all just <laughs> like, it's all talk. So a little more action, a little less talk. So let your dreams inspire you to do great things. Beautiful. That's wonderful. Teresa, thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me. I'm from my Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning as we celebrate Valentine's Day, February 14, at 10 a.m. Central Time U.S. My guest will be Chuck Weisner. Chuck is the president of Weisner Consulting. His client list includes companies such as Google, Radian, Apple, Tesla, Harvard Business School, Ford, and Chrysler. 
he was a senior affiliated mediator with the Harvard Mediation Program and was among the first to be certified through the Mastering the Art of Professional Coaching Program at the Newfield Institute. Chuck was also a specialist in organizational learning and leadership and affiliate with MIT Center of Organizational Learning. Chuck and I will be having a conversation about his remarkable life's journey and his latest book, The Art of Conscious Conversations, transforming how we talk, listen, and interact to help us thrive in 2024. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to from my mama's kitchen talk radio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed new year. Teresa, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed 2024. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Very Thanks, beautiful. Sandy. Thank you for all you are and do. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.